0: hey everybody welcome back to the sis let's heal podcast y'all i've been trying to record this episode for the past hour the devil works hard but chris jenner works harder hey hello how are you Y'all, how am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? I told myself I wasn't going to come back to the podcast until I was ready, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, It is hard to come on here and be talking about healing and preaching when you feel like you're going through the trenches, right? So I told myself I wasn't going to come back until I was ready, but I've been getting so many messages from you guys being like, Girl, it's time. You did what you need to do. Come back and I'm ready. So let's go. First of all, I was going through my statistics at the end of the year. Um, Buzzsprout, who is the platform that I record these episodes on, it basically sent me like a 2022 recap. And I was looking at it and I was shook because I only did eight episodes. And I had amazing statistics, y'all. We, because yes, this is not my podcast. It's our podcast. Because without y'all, I truly would not be anywhere. My 2022 recap, we made the top 25 podcasts. That is fucking amazing, okay? Like with only eight episodes, like imagine if I actually did like an episode a week How many people we would help? How many people would see this? Like that is the end goal in the end of all of this, right? So top 25 shows, over 32,000 downloads, 128 countries. Main places that we reached were United States with 30,000 downloads. Canada with 912, United Kingdom with 400, Australia with 150, South Africa with 170. South Africa, Australia, Canada, UK are you kidding? Like, thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. I truly, truly, truly cannot even begin to explain how grateful I am for y'all. So when I was looking through these statistics, um, the main episodes were like that hit hard for a lot of you were like letting go and moving on. Uh, being single with discernment letting go if he wanted to he would mainly about relationships I stumbled upon an email today from my therapist from March of 2022 so almost a year ago where I was really struggling to let my ex go and I was grieving and I just wish that I would have had the knowledge now that I had then to tell myself how to move past it So this is future Dakota (laughs) coming in to save you guys who are currently going through this situation and in this episode I'm going to give you five steps to let go, move on, grieve and heal properly, okay, without distractions, without limitations, without judgment of yourself, And I'm also going to tell you guys a story of a really crazy dream I had last night that also made me want to do this episode because it gave me closure. And y'all get the exclusive here, okay? I would never tell this story. I would never tell this story on Instagram, on YouTube. This is special for my podcast. So as a gift to you guys for the top 25, this is a story I'm going to tell of this dream that I had. And yeah you just girl get a snack get a drink get a glass of wine get a notepad or all of the above and sis let's heal so lord i swear i always say i'm gonna talk i'm gonna stop talking about this relationship and then somehow it comes up but here we are if you guys are new here or if you need a refresher I was in a relationship in 2021. I was head over heels in love with this person. Like, they could do no wrong in my eyes. I was so in love. I was hospitalized with COVID in critical condition for like nine days. And my boyfriend at the time broke up with me in the hospital, completely broke and shattered my heart. And got a new girlfriend within like literally two weeks moved in with her got engaged to her married her and it broke me it was my first time dealing with rejection I had never felt that type of rejection before it was a huge hit to my ego I just was getting hit all over the place my ego got hit my rejection got hit, but most importantly, my abandonment wound opened up because you see, when a relationship ends, you're supposed to look back and see what it taught you. This relationship was meant to happen. Number one, to teach me my self-worth and number two, to open up this abandonment wound. That way I could heal from it because it is something that in therapy I never brought up and I just swept under the rug for so long. That finally, you know, my higher self was like, girl, like, we gotta, we gotta heal from this. Like, sis, like, you need to heal. (laughs) So, I've done a lot of work over this past year. Healing, grieving, dealing with rejection, dealing with loss, dealing with abandonment, and moving on. And I'm finally, you guys, in such a good spot. Um, I just left meditation group. With my bestie, Mariana. I know she's going to be listening to this. Hey, girl. And a bitch's chakras are in alignment, okay? They're in alignment. And it eleven eleven right now. If that's not synchronicity, I don't know what it is, okay? It's eleven eleven in Connecticut. And I'm just ready to share this knowledge with you guys, okay? So first of all, I, w- I really quickly, before I tell this story, I want to talk about the five stages of grief. People don't understand, like... The whole Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber thing, I can't stand when people say some things like, oh my God, why is she still caught up in this relationship? Why can't she just move on? I don't think people understand when somebody leaves you and moves on with somebody within like two weeks, a month, and then marries them, it, uh, I wish I could convey the pain. I wish I could convey the level of hurt and abandonment you feel. Especially when somebody abandons you in a moment where you needed them. And you just feel alone. You don't feel good enough. You don't feel worthy. Like it's one thing to get broken up with. But to get broken up with and then have that person move on like immediately especially with like somebody from the past that you were supposed to not worry about, I don't think unless it happens to you, you will never understand that level of hurt. So this time last year, it was March. So October, November, so five months, right? And I remember I had seen my ex out for the first time and I thought that I had moved on, but then I saw him and I just completely like every inch and ounce of progress that I had made just completely diminished, right? And I remember it was the first time I ever like uncontrollably was sobbing to my therapist. And I remember I was sitting in the chair and I was on telehealth with her and I was sobbing and I said, why can I not just move on? I feel so stupid. I said, I feel so stupid. I feel so dumb. Like, why? Like, he is out there and he is fine. He has moved on. He is happy. He is good. Why am I still here picking up the fucking pieces? I felt destroyed in every sense of the word. And she looked at me and she said, You're grieving grieving is not just for people who have passed away grieving is somebody who has left you and you no longer have access to them grief is a real thing and she said I'm here to tell you that grief also doesn't have a timeline there is no timeline to healing sure you can do things that help and speed it up but there is no timeline and you cannot rush this process And something quickly that I realized within this conversation with my therapist was I was rushing myself to get over my ex. Because I was so heartbroken and destroyed that the last thing I wanted to do was allow him to think that I was still stuck up over him. I wanted him to genuinely think I was good. I was faking it until I made it. I was lying to myself. So the first stage of grief is denial girl I was in the first stage (laughs) I was in the first stage over here thinking I'm healed and shit girl bye the first one is denial so it's avoidance procrastination shutting down um you know keeping busy all the time or just saying I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine right the second stage is anger. Okay, that can be, you know, sarcasm, irritability, being aggressive, passive aggressive, you know, resentment, rage, increase of alcohol, feeling out of control. And I remember when I finally let myself feel angry, it was so uncomfortable because um I don't experience anger often because growing up, I always looked at anger as a very ugly emotion because I, I saw so many adults that were supposed to be adults, but were like little children because, you know, most of us stay stuck in the in the age in which we experienced the, our most trauma, uh, our most traumatic events. So I saw so many like grown ass adults being angry all the time. And so I categorized anger as an ugly emotion that I never wanted to feel. But anger actually is a very healthy emotion to feel. And it's funny because, you know, when a man is angry or a man slams a table or a man punches a wall, it's like, oh, well, he's a man, you know, it's expected. But then when women are angry, it's, oh, she's crazy. She's off the deep end. She needs help. She needs medication, right? So remember when I was angry, which I had every right to be angry, okay, Um, I didn't know how to feel. I felt like I was I, I I feel like I was losing all control. And all control does categorize into anger. It goes under the five stages of grief. Bargaining is the third stage. So this is guilt, shame, insecurity, ruminating over like the past or the future, overthinking, comparing yourself predicting the future and assuming the worst like oh my god this person's gonna hate me They're are they're never gonna see my worth they're never gonna come back now the fourth stage is depression and we all know what that is you know no motivation no social interest crying increased alcohol or drug use sadness sadness helplessness hopelessness disappointment and then finally the last stage is acceptance I reached this stage a couple months ago. It took over a year for me to heal from this. That's because I wasn't doing it properly in the beginning. And that's why you'll have me to teach you the proper way. This is engaging with reality. This is how it is. Um, you, you, you begin to tolerate it. You have honest communication with yourself about your situation. You validate yourself. You give yourself compassion. And you give yourself wisdom to cope, to move on, and to respond properly. So those are the five stages of grief. And my therapist as well sent me these things called grief images. And if you guys are interested, I'll leave a link for my link tree. And you can go in there and you can look at it. But the day that she showed me this changed my life. She said, so many of us grieve and we give ourselves a timeline on when, how, and just when and how grief is supposed to be and when it's supposed to start and when it's supposed to end. And she said, grief is going to be with you and that's okay. You need to honor it. Don't look at grief as an ugly thing. So it's a picture of this girl and there's this black cloud and the black cloud is supposed to symbolize the grief. The first image says, I sit with my grief and I mother it. Then we stand and it shows the girl like picking up the grief, right? And then it says, we go wash the dishes. I don't say, Shh, I don't say it's okay. I wait until it's done having feelings. I hold its small hot hand. And it's just so cute because you see the girl like holding this grief and it's like she's just compassionate for it and she's not judging it. She's not mad. She just is like, hey, it's here. And when I began to look at grief that way, the worst thing is grieving somebody who's fucking alive. I don't care what anybody says, right? When I started to look at it that way, I stopped feeling so dumb because I had an experience with this person that I wanted to last forever and now it's gone. And I'm allowed to feel upset about that. I'm allowed to feel the anger. I'm allowed to feel the depression. I'm allowed to feel the instability. I'm allowed to feel the bargaining. I'm allowed to feel the denial. And I can confidently say a year later, I am in a completely different place. I have finally moved on and I have finally healed. So, I'm going to tell y'all how I did that. But first, I'm going to share the story of this dream that I had. So, under the Pisces full moon, um, which was, I mean, I'm so sorry, the cancer full moon, which was last month, I felt like I was finally at a place to completely release my ex. And I personally believe that belongings hold energy, and I had one more thing left it was a painting me and him had this little like paint and sip um together it was like one of our first dates and we got canvases and set up paints and got wine and um oh even talking about this kind of hurts my heart a little bit but it's okay it's okay because the memories you know and we made these beautiful paintings together and that was the one thing left that I still had and I forgot about it so under the full moon I wrote him a letter and I forgave him forgiveness takes time forgiveness is not something that you force like I know that it's true when people say forgiveness is it does heal and that Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from it, but I also believe in feeling your shit, feeling your feelings, letting it out, crying it out, okay, and then releasing it properly and then forgiving. Because I did these five steps, which I'm about to tell y'all about, I was able to completely release this and forgive him and let go. So under the Pisces full moon, I wrote him a note and I basically said, like, I forgive you. I'll always, you know, share. I'll always remember these fond memories, you know, but I cut all soul, all soul ties, all contracts from the past life, this life and going forward. And I burned that letter. That was a month ago. Last night, I had a dream. And I don't always remember my dreams, but if I ever do, it's important. This dream took place in my old town, Pompton Lakes in New Jersey. Um, I live in Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut, but I moved to New Jersey for about six years. This is where the dream took place. In the dream, I was in this park that was right in the back of this school I used to go to and in this park it was dead like the lands the playscape was gone there was no vegetation no crops no barely any grass and if there was it was like super dry um everything was just gone it looked like a complete just dead zone and in the dream I'm sitting in this like fold-out chair that's the only thing that was but in this area and there was a wire fence and on the other side of the fence was my ex and I remember I was reading a book and I had a plane to catch so I remember I was sitting there and I was reading my book and I was kind of just trying to kill time before I left to the airport and on the other side was my ex and my ex is a contractor so you know he goes into people's houses he builds floors he paints all that shit so he was on the other side and it looked like he was trying to, like, fix the place up. Like he was trying to, like, find anything that he could to just fix it. And he couldn't. There was nothing he could do. And I remember I kept lo- I kept seeing him, like, staring at me. And it looked like he wanted to say something, but he just couldn't. Like, you know when someone, like, goes up to you and they just, like, go like, <gasps> Like they just like they go to like open their mouth but they can't say anything. That's what it looked like, and I remember I got like so frustrated and I just I got up and I went to the bathroom, and when I was in the bathroom, my ex went up to the foldout chair, and he put a gift there. And when I came back and I looked at the gift, it was two wine glasses. One of them was clear. One of them was detailed. It was like red, gold, and white, which are the the colors of my old town. And it said like PLHS on it, which is the name of my old high school. And it had like a little cheerleading like megaphone on it. Cause I used to be a cheerleader. And I remember I was like, I need to go catch my plane or it's going to leave without me. And I grabbed my stuff, and as I was leaving, my ex, when he was trying to fix up the the ground, he was kneeling on poster board. You know, when you're doing, like, work, you know, a lot of contractors, they like to have something underneath their knees. That way their knees don't hurt or they don't get them dirty. And I saw him burning the poster board, which is going to be symbolic, so just hold on a second. As I'm on my way to the airport, I am driving completely by myself. It's a beautiful spring day. Uh, the The top to this convertible I'm driving is completely down. The wind is blowing. It's beautiful breeze, beautiful blue sky, just as blue as like a baby blue eye. And there's this beautiful like landscape. There's trees everywhere. And it smells like... You know when you used to have like a field trip in school and you would wake up and there would be like morning dew and you would like smell, like just the air smelled different. As I'm driving, I get a text and it's from my ex and we're just going to call him Trey because that's what that's what I call him in my story times on YouTube. I have all, I have so many stories on YouTube about my exes and what I went through. If y'all want to check them out, it's just a quote across. And I get a text from my ex and it says... I give good presents, huh? With the smiley face. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. The first text said, hey, stranger. And then I didn't answer. And then it said, I give good presents, huh? With a smiley face. And that text was very symbolic because that's how we used to get back together. Is like, we'd have fights, we'd break up, And then we would like start talking again on like stupid terms, like dumb, immature, childish terms. And then maybe later down the road, we would talk about what happened or maybe later down the road, we would, I would get an apology or later down the road, we would address what happened and kind of squash it and heal from it and move past it. And it showed me, I'm like, damn, like I used to, I used to deal with this because that also was Trey's apology. You know, when you hurt somebody to the degree in which I was hurt, if I hurt somebody that way, I would send them a long three-paragraph essay with bullet points and APA format to apologize, to have that person know how I felt. But not everybody is like you and not everybody has the heart you do or the tools or the resources, right? So in that moment, I I knew that that was his apology, right? In his own weird, twisted way. But it was also a symbolization of how far I've come, because I would never accept that now. So remember, I'm on the way to the airport, and I'm thinking about this text the whole time. And I, I don't know if it's God or the universe or what, but I'm just going to call it Source, so source energy says to me or God says to me this is me giving you closure now you can sit here and you can answer that text and you can continue the rest of your life the way you've been continuing it for the past almost two years or you can get on that airplane and you can leave this behind you can leave this in 2022 move on because I'm telling you right now once you get on that plane there's no going back the, the text won't even be there. It'll be gone. There's, there's no way you'll be able to answer. God said, you wanted closure, right? You wanted, you, under that full moon, you wanted closure? I'm giving you closure. Take it or leave it. Oh, I remember I sat there. I looked at that text and I said, I can't respond to this. And I got on that plane and I woke up. And when I woke up, I immediately grabbed my phone and started just writing down everything that happened. And as I woke up and, you know, my theta waves started rolling, I realized something. In that, in that dream, the dead, the dead playground or the dead park was a symbolization of mine and Trey's relationship and what it is now. At first, sure, there may have been something beautiful. There may have been grass and trees and vegetation and crops and fruits and vegetables, but that's not there anymore and it's dead. The symbolization of it being in my old town that I don't even live in anymore in another state was a symbolization of what my my brain has been for the past two years almost, which is I've been living in the past consistently every single day. The fence was a symbolization of people, two people who care deeply about each other but cannot be together and are divided. Trey trying to fix up the the garden or the park but with no avail was the war that he's been at in his mind. Because when I went on that plane, before I woke up, God was speaking to me and he said, He still cares about you and he's, he is at war with himself for how bad he hurt you. He questions all the time if he made the right choice. It was real. Everything that you thought was real because when somebody hurts you that bad, you, you question yourself and you wonder, was this real? Did you even care about me? Did you even like me? He said it was real. Everything you felt was real. Everything he did was real. It was real. He said don't let his bad decisions ambush or take away from the beauty of your relationship. He said he still cares about you and he still he still thinks about you all the time. He said that's why he's so heavy on your mind because he still thinks about you all the time and he is at war with himself for what he did to you but you will never hear that in the physical form. He said, "He is sorry, but you will never hear that and he will never say that." So, him trying to fix up that garden, but he, the fact that he couldn't do it was a symbolization of him trying to fix his wrongdoings, but he does he just doesn't have it within him. And God told me that too. He said, "He wants to apologize. He he knows he's wrong." But he did, he's not there yet. He said what he did to you is a lesson that he's going to have to learn eventually. The wine glasses. Oh, because I forgot to tell. Okay, I forgot to say. Right before I boarded my plane, I had to run back to my hotel and pack my suitcase. Because apparently in dream world, I'm still late for fucking everything. <laughs> and when I was packing my suitcase, I almost forgot the wine glasses and they were like hidden behind this dresser. And I grabbed them and I just threw my, in my suitcase. Right. And the wine glasses were a symbolization of our memories because there was two wine glasses. One was symbolizing him and one was symbolizing me. The one that was decorated was me. The one that was clear was him. And God said, These are the memories, and you're allowed to keep those. In fact, I want you to keep those. I want you to look back, and I want you to remember them and smile and laugh and cry. I want that for you because it wasn't all bad, you know? And the symbolization of me driving and him saying, hey, stranger, was, in a weird, twisted way, his way of apologizing, and also a symbolization for how far I've come because I would never accept that as an apology these days and it's just crazy how in these past couple years I've just I've grown oh my god I've grown the symbolization of me boarding on the plane and not answering the text was me moving on a fresh start without Trey in it When I woke up, I felt so free. I normally wake up and I have anxiety. I have a a pounding in my chest. I have just aches and pains in my body, and I'm so tight. It kind of feels like a stress ball that just never lets go. And I felt so good this morning. And I know it's because I finally let this shit go. That was my closure. Because see, closure is a myth, okay? You don't need an apology from somebody else to gain closure. All you need is the reassurance that the disrespect they showed you was closure enough. So when I woke up from that dream, I just knew that I finally felt like I had been, I I had moved on. And I. You know why? Because I reached the fifth step, which was acceptance and wishing him the best. So I'm going to go through the five steps I have right now to truly let go and move on from somebody. So the first step in getting over somebody and moving on and letting go is accepting the relationship is done. This is something that I did not do. I sat there and I said, well, maybe he'll come back. Maybe it was right person, wrong time. Maybe if we both work on ourselves, we can collectively come back and be better and stronger together. When in all actuality, something that you need to ask yourself if you're currently where I was this time in 2021 slash 2022 is why do you want them back? If somebody hurt you and abandoned you and left you, why do you want them back? If that was your daughter, would you tell her that she should want him back? You have to see, in healing, you have to remother yourself. You have to reparent yourself. You have to treat yourself as if you had a six-year-old little girl in front of you. A 13-year-old girl in front of you. A 16-year-old girl in front of you. Heartbroken. What would you tell her? And what makes it different that you can't tell yourself the same thing? Are you not as important? Picture yourself talking to your younger version of yourself, your inner child. Is she not important? Accepting the relationship is done will set you free. It limits you from expectations. It limits you from hope. Do not stalk their social medias. If, if you got to go there, block them okay this block button is rated e for everybody block them go no contact you cannot keep picking at a scab wound the more you go to their profile the more you stalk their new girlfriend the more you continuously habitually cyberstalk them you are ripping open that scab and eventually a band-aid can only do so much So you need to just completely accept the relationship is done. Even mute their friends. Like sometimes you have mutual friends or you just have friends on like social media and you know that they go out with your ex or they post with them. You don't have to delete them. You don't have to block. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be that deep. Just mute their story. Go to their page. Mute their story. That way you don't see it. Listen, out of sight, out of mind. I was in a relationship for two years with a narcissistic man that I loved head over heels, not not this one, I'm talking about like years ago, Adrian, if you guys are new here, um, and the only way I got over him, girl, was out of sight, out of mind, blocked, deleted him, anybody remotely close to him, I told all of my friends and family, do not give me updates, and y'all need to do this too, tell all your friends, do not give me updates about him, I don't want to know about him, I don't want to hear about him, as far as we're concerned, he's dead, Like, you really do be having to have mental funerals for people sometimes. Act like they're not here anymore. They don't exist. Out of sight, out of mind. And if your friends and family don't respect those boundaries, then that's a conversation you got to have with yourself on if you should keep people in your life like that. Because anybody who keeps you up to date with somebody that you're no longer trying to be around or involved with is not a friend. That's a hater. Get rid of all their stuff, you guys. I, my mother and I had this conversation a couple years ago. I said, anytime me and an ex break up, I get rid of anything they've ever bought for me, anything that reminds me of them. The reason being is because things hold energy. Everything in the world is energy, right? But especially objects of people that you used to be involved with. Bed sheets hold energy. Blankets, pillows. And you're telling me that you're trying to get over your ex, but you're still sleeping in the same bed. You all slept in every single night together. You still have the watch he gave you. Your pictures are still up. You still have the candle he gave you, the mug he gave you, um, your anniversary present he gave you. Like, no, you got to let that shit go. And my mom used to think I was crazy. She's like, if a guy buys me jewelry, I'm keeping it. And I'm like, okay, you one day you're going to see what I'm talking about. And when my mom got out of her most recent relationship, she finally got rid of like everything he's ever gotten for her. And she was like, oh my God, Dakota, I feel so much better. And I was like, see, I told you, get rid of it. I had to, and guys, this is a year and some change later, finally got rid of the last thing that connected me to Trey. And that was this painting And after I did my little ceremony where I wrote him a letter and burned it, I threw that shit out and I truly felt like the last of my feelings went in that garbage can (laughs) with that damn painting. Step number two, after you have accepted the relationship is done, you alleviate the hope, you alleviate the longing for him to come back, you delete him off social media, block him if you have to go no contact, mute their friends, get rid of their stuff. You are going to feel your shit, okay? You're going to feel your feelings. I'm going to tell you why. The body holds on to trauma, okay? The body holds on to every emotion that we feel. Anger, sadness, depression, anxiousness, everything, happiness. You're going to feel your shit, you have these things called energy centers in your body and it's kind of like a river and picture a beautiful river flowing and then a big ass freaking tree just falls in that shit and the water has a really hard time and a lot of resistance trying to get past that tree. Well, That's your feelings, okay? When you try to ignore your feelings, your body will feel so tight because you have so much pent up energy in there and you need to release it and you need to release it in whatever way sits right for you. You remember when you were younger and you used to be frustrated and you would like cry and then you would take a really good nap and then you wake up and you'd be like, oh my God, I feel so good. I feel so refreshed crying is cleansing it's like a literal shower for your body okay you have to cry it out write it out go to the gym go for a walk talk to a friend take a kickboxing class girl whatever you gotta do I don't care for me personally the way that I release things is I cry and I write And then after I write, I will like, okay, so girl, don't burn your house down. You could rip it up, throw it out, flush it down the toilet, whatever you got to do. But for me personally, I will like cry and release it that way. And then I will write that person a letter with like everything that I'm feeling. And then I'll like burn it. And then that is so releasing to me, literally so releasing. I've put so many friends on to doing that. But I also like go to the gym because going to the gym gets the energy moving through your body. So whatever you got to do, girl, release it, okay? And, if, and it, there is no timeline. If it takes a week, two weeks, three weeks, four months, if you need to sit in your bed and eat a gallon of ice cream and watch the Vampire Diaries on repeat, do it. If you need to call your mom and cry to her for three hours, do it. If you need to get into therapy, do it. If you need to go punch a pillow and scream into it, do it. Whatever you need to do to release this pain, you have to release it. Because I'm telling you right now, babe, if you don't release it, your body will feel it. And then when you wake up and you have back aches and neck aches and headaches and all this shit, all these physical ailments going on in your body, that's you're gonna. that's when you're going to realize why. Because your body is holding on to something it's not meant to anymore. Let it go. Now, the third one, this is going to offend some of you, so move your triggers to the side, but I talk about it all the time on my Instagram. Get a life. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. Get a life. If you ever wondered why men have an easier time moving on from things, I actually have an episode about this on my YouTube. It's called It's Time to Get a Life, Sis. Men are able to easily bounce back I'm not going to say move on from things because a lot of men what they'll do is they'll transfer their pain onto the next woman that we're with that's an episode for another time okay um why they're able to bounce back is because men keep a fully packed schedule every guy that I know friend wise in my life goes to work goes to the gym Has a hobby that they do, whether it's like volleyball or a pickup soccer league or a pickup, you know, flag football league. Um, Makes time with their friends, like goes and gets lunch with them, goes and gets dinner, has breakfast. And just always has something to do. And I realize with a lot of us women, what we do is when we feel in life, you know, defeat or adversity or loss, we immediately isolate And isolation can be good, but too much isolation is not a good thing. Too much of anything isn't a good thing. And I'm not saying distract yourself, but get a life. Start packing your schedule from sunup to sundown with things that feed your soul, okay? Get to know yourself again. So many of us don't know ourselves, but then we get into relationships and we expect that other person to know us. 50% of marriages in America end up in divorce. And it's because we don't know who we are, we don't know our identity, but then we get into a relationship and expect that other person to know us, to know our identity. And we seek validation from an external circumstance or an external person, external vice, to validate us when all along, when we were single, I have an episode on this called Season of Singleness, okay? and how to use discernment during it. Um, We could have been getting to know ourselves. When I was single, I had a guy who was interested in me and I was like anti-men, but he asked me like, what do you like to do? Where do you like to go out to eat? Like, what's like your favorite restaurant? And can you fucking believe that in my mind, I was about to say Chili's? Be so for real. Be fucking be fucking for real. I'm not saying Chili's is a bad restaurant, girl. I will go and do my two for twenty any day of the week, but I didn't know what kind of food I liked. I didn't know where I liked to go. I didn't know what I liked to do. Now you ask me, I like the Sinclair in Fairfield, best la vodka out there. I love Malibu in Norwalk, best margaritas you could ever find. I love podcasting, YouTube, video editing, dancing, singing, hiking, writing, poetry. I love the solitude that I get from myself, but I also love connection, like human connection. I love helping people. I love personal development, neuroscience, metaphysical. Like I... I know myself, you guys, because I have spent the past year rediscovering myself, okay? And during this time, you have so much time to get to know yourself again. You need to find what brings you joy, what spark, like what gives you that spark within your soul, Do you even know the food you like? Do you even know where you like to go? The restaurants you like to go on? Do you even know what you like to do? If a guy were to ask you a first date, what do you want to do? What would you say? For me personally, I love paint and sips. Paint and sips are a great first date because not only do you get to make something together, but you don't really have to like talk much because like you're painting and then the instructor is kind of like talking to you and then you are are a little bit tipsy and then you can go get dinner afterwards you're already loosened up a little bit you can get to know each other like you feel me like that's a great first date dave and buster's great first date drinks games cool like any like indoor place where you can like be a little kid and just have fun great first date um like do you even know what you would answer if a guy were to ask you where where do you like to go what do you like to do probably not it's very important to get to know yourself because nobody will ever get you how you get you and you need to know who you are who you are is the core foundation to everything in life so get a life okay start that side business that you've always wanted to start um Take that kickboxing class that you keep seeing like a free trial for and you don't want to go and sign up because you're nervous about people looking at you. Nobody cares, girl. Nobody's looking at you. Only person that's looking at you is God. He's saying get in that kickboxing class, okay? Go to the gym. Planet Fitness, 10 bucks a month, okay? If you have a kid, go to the library and get a workout tape. If you can sit on your phone for three hours talking with your friend about how that man isn't shit, you sure as hell can get a workout in. Because one thing I'm so sick of hearing people say is I don't have time. Listen, you have time. You just have improper time placement skills. It's like when somebody makes a shit ton of money but they're broke, it's because they have bad money management. You have time, okay? You have nothing but time. We all got 24 hours, okay? Um, You have improper time placement you spend three hours talking on the phone with your friends you spend your whole lunch break on youtube or tiktok scrolling you wake up at nine o'clock when you got to be to work at 9 30 when you could be waking up at six and spending those two hours doing something productive you don't have time to listen to a podcast we have time to listen to megan the stallion talking about her needs for the 50 millionth time <laughs> you don't have time to read but there's audible you could be listening to that on the way to work instead of listening to Lil little uzi okay um oh you can't afford it you can't afford ten dollars a month for an audible subscription but you can spend eighty dollars with shots green tea shots that you can make at home for five dollars on the weekend right like you have to just pick, pick your hard Is it hard to move on? Is it hard to let go? Is it hard to get a life? Yes, but it's also hard staying in the same stagnant mindset that you have waiting for this man to come back when God took this man out of your life for a reason because y'all are not in alignment. You guys are not equally yoked, all right? Rejection is projection. I mean, oh my God, wow, Dakota, really? Sometimes I wish I edited my episodes because I'd be sounding crazy. (laughs) Rejection is redirection and sometimes redirection is god's protection period somebody give me a freaking record deal um yeah girl you gotta get a life you have to get a life when you start focusing on you you will not even have time to be focusing on anybody's musty dusty crusty rusty busty son so after you cleanse them out of your life you go no contact you accept that it's done you get rid of their stuff, you tell your friends stop telling me about him, I don't want to hear about him. You feel your shit, you cry it out, you get a life, okay? You forgive and you release. This is step four. You forgive and you release, okay? Forgiveness is on your own timeline. I'm not going to tell you when to do it, I'm not going to tell you how to do it because only you can figure that out. When I finally forgave my ex, I felt like I lost 20 pounds, And you know what? I'm going to tell you guys why I forgive him because I actually had somebody the other day say, I don't know how you forgave him because when when I still think about this story, I get mad for you. Like I get, I genuinely get angry for you. And this is what I said. I don't think Trey intentionally hurt me. I do not think that Trey woke up one day and he said, How can I hurt Dakota in the worst way possible? Because let me tell you something, okay? I changed that man in so many ways. I, and he changed me equally in so many ways. We changed each other. That's why we were meant to come into each other's lives. We were not meant to stay together, but we were meant to meet and be together short term. I improved him a lot and I know that he knows that and I know that he knew that I think that he was not ready to be with somebody like me I'm somebody where when I'm with you I'm going to push you to become the best version of yourself because that because I love you right But I'm also going to hold you accountable. I'm going to listen to you, provide you a nurturing, supportive, safe place for you to grow, to prosper. If you have a dream, I will help you in any way that I can, even over my own, because I I just love you so much and I see your potential and your worth. And you have a vision and I have a plan and together who's going to stop us, period. But I also am going to hold you accountable. If you're being toxic, I'm going to tell you if you're doing something wrong, you're wrong. And you could be mad at me about it, but we're still going to talk later. <laughs> but also, I re- I expect a lot because I know I'm a damn good woman. And I know what I bring to the table. I know that my love is rare because my love doesn't have conditions, okay? I think that he got scared. And I think that he self-sabotaged When a man is not where he needs to be in his life yet, he will self-sabotage. A good thing. Sometimes in our healing journey, there are casualties. And I think in Trey's life, I was a casualty. What made me forgive him is that Trey is human. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he has toxic tendencies and I think he needs to work on himself and I think that he needs to grow up emotionally but I don't don't think he's a bad person. What he did was horrible. His actions, horrible. But that's not who he is to the core. I think I would be lying if I sat here and said there weren't casualties in my journey. I know, not that it was intentional, but I know there are people I have accidentally hurt along the way. But I also know I'm a good person. When you begin to take accountability and see have I hurt somebody before? Yes. Did they hate me? No. Did they forgive me and accept me even though I I hurt them and broke their heart? Yeah. Am I still a good person? Yeah. You need to keep that same energy with other people. Some people genuinely are pieces of garbage, like I'm not even gonna lie, and they do intentionally hurt you. This is not for those people. This is more so for the people who have hurt you, but they're human. Trey is human. He makes mistakes just as I do. He has irrational thinking just as I do. He gets scared just like I do. And I don't think he intentionally meant to hurt me. Now, I forgave him and I released all of that anger, frustration, And then I got to the fifth step, which is the last step of letting go and moving on, and that is wishing them the best. I genuinely, wholeheartedly, I wish this man the best. I hope he's happy. I hope he's healthy. I hope his business is thriving. I hope his marriage is great. I hope he has a beautiful family with kids that he teaches about work ethic and and power. And I, I hope, I just, I, I hope, I'm not even going to get into it. But I, I, I hope the best for that man. Because he deserved to be happy. He deserves to be happy. What he did to me was horrible. And what he did left a huge wound that I'm still shutting. But I can heal and wish somebody the best at the same time. They say that when you finally have moved on you'll know it because you'll wish them the best and I do and you should too because why would you want someone to be miserable without you I know in this world it's so easy to be like you're not shit you'll never find somebody like me you're gonna be miserable without me you're gonna look back years from now and you're gonna you're gonna you know wish that it was me why would you wish somebody that no matter what happened or how things went you should never wish anybody bad that is the complete opposite of what you should do and you know why because you need to thank god that you dodged a bullet i know i dodged a bullet in my last relationship and you want to know why we had, uh, we had great times and we had a good relationship and we were great, I will say that. But I need somebody way deeper. I need somebody I can have more analytical conversations with, deeper conversations with. I need somebody who's more intelligent and that's not even a, a diss, okay? I need somebody who is emotionally mature and is not does not have an ounce of toxic masculinity in their body right? Working on themselves, willing to grow because you can have your life together material wise. Sure. You can have your own place. Sure. You can have a car. Sure. You can have money in the bank. Great. Awesome. Cool. Fantastic. But are you emotionally mature? Do you know conflict resolution? Do you let your pride and your ego get in the way of a good thing? Can you admit when you're wrong? Do you have accountability? Important life skills, also, if you cannot picture yourself having a child with this man, you should not even be with him. If you would want your child to be exactly a carbon copy of the man you're with right now or the man that you're losing sleep over, then okay. But if not, why? <laughs> like, girl, do you know how much time you just saved yourself? Imagine you had a kid with... No. Mm-mm. Thank you, next. Anyway you guys have to realize that rejection is protection okay there are so many times that i have gotten my heart broken and i have found out eventually later on about who like that not I'm not talking about my ex I'm talking about in general like just men I have been with and I've been so in love with and be like oh my god yes I could picture this forever if this was forever I'd be so happy and then I find out something that either they did behind my back while we were together or something that they did that just makes me look at their character a whole different way and I look at God and I say thank you I didn't understand then but I understand now And a quote that I will, oh my God, that I will say to myself until the day that I die. Anytime that I ever go through a situation where I get hurt, not even just relationship-wise, but just in life, I say to myself, what is this teaching me? This is not happening to me. This is happening for me. And I used to hate when people said that. I used to want to like smack them. But y'all, it is so fucking true. Like... When I find out, I always find out, right? I always find out what people have done to me, said about me, et cetera. Like nobody's safe out there, okay? When you have heavy hitters on your spiritual team, you find out everything, whether it's a dream, whether it's a symbolization, whether somebody just tells you from word of mouth. But I always find out in the end why me that person couldn't work out. I just found out recently Somebody that I was um with years ago before I even met Trey that I was really into, and he was a great I thought he was such a great guy. We didn't end up working out, and I ended up finding out years later that he was engaged like uh, what and never told me do y'all see what I'm talking about like please if just if there's anything I could leave off with this podcast it's this when somebody leaves or is taken from your life it is for a reason. what is meant for you will always be for you and it will not pass you. It should not be that hard. when somebody when you are meant to be with somebody, it should not be that hard. okay it should not. It shouldn't be constant fights, constant ups and downs, you know, bad outweighs the good. What are we doing? Why is this happening? It should not be that fucking hard, you guys. Relationships and men are supposed to make your life easier, okay? If you don't make life harder for yourself, why would you allow a man to? It should not be that hard. And listen, I'm not saying relationships don't come with adversity or ups and downs. Sure, of course they do, but not that many. And you will feel it within your gut. I always tell y'all, intuition is a female's natural GPS system, okay? They don't call it men's intuition. They call it women's intuition. That's for a damn reason. Because we were created to to listen to our gut, but by society, we have been deemed as crazy, for listening to our gut and so we suppress that and we disconnect from that ability your intuition is a superpower babe use it develop it craft it enhance it when have you ever had intuition about a situation and been wrong do you know how many times i've been called crazy by a man for knowing the shit that he was doing to me and i was called crazy because my intuition was telling me what was up come on your gut knows what's up listen to that bitch okay and your gut is probably telling you right now Dakota is right she is speaking facts she is dropping gems that man is out of my life for a reason God took him from my life because he knew that I deserved better and that where I'm going he could not come but this is also what I know is going to happen 50% of you are going to get off this podcast right now and you are going to do what I said. You're going to clear everything away that makes you think of him. You're going to block him. You're going to mute his friends. You're going to get a life. You're going to start pouring into yourself, getting to know yourself. 50% of you are going to do that and you're going to see great results. Your life could change in a fucking year. Your whole life, your circumstances, your finances, your surroundings, everything could change in a year. But then unfortunately, 50% of you are going to get off this podcast. You're going to be motivated for a day or two. And then you're going to get a text at 2 a.m. from him saying that he misses you and to come over and you're going to fold. And then guess what? The same thing's going to happen. Patterns repeat themselves. History repeats itself. I don't know if I really believe in, you know change like I don't know if I believe in people changing I don't know if I believe in all that but one thing I sure as hell believe in is patterns someone's patterns are real easy to notice all you got to do is watch if some of us would just listen instead of talk all the time we would see people telling themselves okay but sometimes what our brains do is they tell us a, the opposite story because We love them so much and we don't want to see them in that light. We don't want to see them in that negativity. You have to be honest with yourself about things in your life, okay? We like to fantasize and romanticize and build up these men and think that they're so much greater. All actuality, nine times out of ten, that relationship was great because of you. My last relationship was great because of me. I brought the magic into that relationship. I brought the healing energy in that relationship. Me, That was me. Many of your relationships in your life have been amazing because of you. What does that tell you? That tells you that you hold all of the power within you. And the minute that you wake up and choose yourself and take your power back is the day that you become unstoppable. So for the 50% of you that are going to log off his podcast today and you're going to go back to that same exact life that you were once living where you're still wondering what he's doing, you're still stalking his page, you're still hoping he'll come back, how do you think that's going to work for you a year from now? If I told you tomorrow that this is your last day on earth and you're uh, starting Sunday, you will not be here anymore, what what would you do? Would you wait around for him? Would you be upset that you don't have someone to get a good morning text from? Would you still stay at the same job that you're miserable at? Would you still continue to eat unhealthy every single day, even though you're saying that you want to be healthier? Like, Would you do that or would you start to make changes? Because some of us have this issue where we only act on sense of urgency. It's like unless something crazy happens, we don't get our shit done. It's it's time to stop doing that, sis, okay? It really is. Work on you for you. Choose your hard. It's hard to change. It's hard to wake up early. It's hard to go to the gym. It's hard to build that business. It's It's hard to go back to school. It's hard to build up that credit score. It's hard to save money. It's also hard being broke, it's hard being uneducated, it's hard being unfit, it's hard feeling like shit and having headaches every single day because you don't drink enough water and take your supplements, it's hard being with a man who is emotionally unavailable and doesn't really want you, it's hard. One lane is the hard that's going to get you further and the other lane is the hard that's going to drag you down. Stop letting other people drag you down, stop letting other people make you depressed, stop letting other people put you in a, in a in a in a such a dark spot that you don't know how you're going to get out pick your heart choose your heart be the 50% that gets off this podcast applies what i say and then a year from now look back and say wow i'm so happy i i'm so happy i took the first step the first step is just giving yourself a clean slate giving yourself a clean slate and listen a new start does not have to be a new location, a new apartment, a new place, a new city, a new state, a new anything. A fresh start is a, is a new mindset. Because, see, you could change. Listen. <laughs> my dad said something to me today that I will probably take with me the rest of my life. He said, Dakota, everywhere you go, yourself goes with you. So many people move to different states and think that they're gonna have this new fresh start. Life is gonna be great, and that they they can leave everything behind. but what they don't realize is that eventually they're themselves that they catch up everywhere you go. yourself follows the same demons, the same you know patterns, the same habits, the same inconsistencies they're gonna follow you until you fix them everything starts and ends with you if you want change it starts with you success prosperity it starts with you you have to change yourself to change your life and that shit's hard babe i get it accountability oh accountability sucks it's hard it's hard to look at yourself and be like wow my life is this way because of me it's hard But it is necessary. That is where you start changing. When you start to be vulnerable with yourself and transparent and honest and take accountability, I take accountability that there has been certain things that have been done to me by men that are horrible. But there is also situations I have willingly put myself in knowing how they were going to end because I know who this person is. They've shown me from their patterns and inconsistencies time and time again. And I still stay what did you think was going to happen, girl? You know? I had to take accountability and be like, the first time, was it your fault? No, but the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, yeah, girl, it was your fault because you knew better. Like I said, with this healing journey, you got to mother yourself. And we all know mothers have the best love and the best hugs and they're so supportive and nurturing, but we also know that when we bring those shoes in the house, Your mom's going to say, go put your shoes away and don't even think about stepping on that rug. Mothering yourself is also giving yourself some tough love when you need it. Or just listen to me. I will always be here if you need that. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Sis, Let's Heal. I really hope these five steps taught you something. I hope you took something away from it. I hope you learned Um I just really hope that this helped somebody. I have a feeling this episode is going to help a lot of women out there. I asked that if you guys listened to the podcast today and if you enjoyed it to please leave me a review. All you have to do is scroll to the end of the page and hit write a review. You can rate it however many stars you want and you can even leave me a cute little note. Um, You can literally just even rate it five stars if you want. I don't care, y'all. Um... Or just leave an emoji or something, but the more that you rate it, the more that it will get suggested to Apple and Google and Spotify and basically anywhere that my podcast is streaming. Um, it will just get recommended more and then we can help more people, which is always the end goal at the end of the day. So I would really appreciate that. I also really encourage you guys to please follow my YouTube. It's just Dakota Cross. I do story times on there. I do advice videos. Basically, it's like my podcast on crack. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. I would love to hit 30k before my birthday next month. In case you guys are wondering, I am a Pisces period. Um, and while you're at it, also follow my handles. So my Instagram, my Twitter, TikTok is all just Dakota Cross. It's just C-A-K-O-T-A, one extra A, C-R-O-S-S. That's it. Super easy. And after you've done all of that, make sure that you turn your notifications on. That way you're notified every time I post a video. I mean, oh my God, girl, uh, <laughs> an episode here on this podcast I thank you guys for giving me this season of isolation and rest in order to recuperate and get my creative juices back flowing. I will be back on here way more consistent for y'all. And thank you so much again for top 25 this year because I can't even tell you how much that truly means to me. I'm just so grateful and I'll forever be indebted to you guys. You guys have saved me in multiple ways and I hope that I can return the favor for you. I hope you have a great night, day, evening, afternoon, wherever you are right now. And just know that you are safe, you are loved, and that you matter and you are important. Stay safe. Use condoms. Don't let anybody's crusty, dusty sun get you in your feelings. And I'll see you guys in my next episode of Sis Let's Heal. Good night.